prayer, would you lift up your hands all across this building? Come on, if that's your if that's your prayer this afternoon, God, I want you to be. He's already in this building, but God, it's my desire to be in your presence. It's my desire, God, as David said, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I want to be in the presence of the Lord. Come on, that's it all across this building. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, come on, let's magnify him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And while you're in his presence, go ahead and worship him. While you're in his presence, go ahead and bless him. While you're in his presence, go ahead and show some adoration. Go ahead and continue to lift up your voice and magnify him. I love you, Jesus. I bless you today, God. I bless you today, God. Oh, I want to be in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise one more time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. At this time, we'd like to dismiss our Sunday school students to their classrooms. Amen. Along with their teachers. Everybody say, God bless our Sunday school kids. And God bless our Sunday school teachers. Amen. How many loves all of the kiddos of ARC? Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, the book of Psalms, chapter 113. I want to say again, thank you for loving my wife and I and giving us the chance and the opportunity to love you back. Amen. And thank you for honoring us. also want to say it is such an honor to be back home. Amen. We're thankful to be back here in Carson City, Nevada. My wife and I had uh, the privilege to travel to Costa Rica, and uh, we were able to visit some of her family and also to preach for her uncle. We had uh, one get baptized, and God started moving and touching, filling people with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And they've already scheduled more to be baptized um, these coming weeks, and several Bible studies started, and so we're thankful for that. Also had the opportunity, um, there's a young missionary family from the Rock Church that uh, we were able to connect them with the churches down there. They're going to an area called Liberia. There is no apostolic church there, uh, but my wife's uncle has a, uh, they have a Bible study uh, with one of their pastors that drives out there every 15 days to meet with these six people. And they aren't able to go every, every day. It's just too far. And so they do it every 15 days. And now uh, through the, the prayers of God's people and through this family going, they are now going to have somebody locally to teach them a Bible study and to start a church. I think we ought to give God praise for the fact that he is putting his kingdom together. And, you know, God knows where, what he wants to do in his kingdom. And he's just looking for a willing vessel. And I thank God for people that are willing. And so we're going to continue to pray. And this church is going to pray for the Solano family. And we're going to do our best to support them as well. And uh, through the coming years, hopefully be able to go out there and help them in different avenues as God opens doors for them. And everybody said amen. I also want to say, and it's been a minute since I've been here, so I want to, I want to just take my time for a second. I want to say uh, what tremendous preaching that we had the last couple of weeks. Amen. How many enjoyed Brother Troy Diaz preaching? Amen. And uh, absolutely every time that you preach, Brother Troy, uh, it just, it, you're connecting and it's getting, uh, you know, it's one of those things you don't start off just slugging them out of the ballpark. But Brother Troy, you're doing better than I ever did when I first started. So I want to give him honor for that and just stepping and walking in the Holy Ghost. And then also, how many enjoyed the revival we've had with Brother Puller? Amen. I want to tell you, every sermon he preached, uh, and especially this last Wednesday night, if you didn't hear this last Wednesday night, I want to tell you, I felt the Holy Ghost uh, even over the Internet. I'm telling you, I was like, man, I, I wanted to hurry up and get on a plane and be here. And, uh, and everybody said amen to that. Book of Psalms, chapter 113. I'm going to do my best to preach what I feel the Lord has laid on my heart. Praise ye the Lord. Praise, O ye servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. 
From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. And everybody said, praise the Lord. <laughs> the Lord is high. Everybody say high. Above all nations, and his glory is above the heavens. It's, it's very high. It's way up there. Who is like unto the Lord our God, who dwelleth on high? Everybody say on high. Who humbleth himself. Notice, he dwells up in the heights of the heavens. He's the Lord that's on high. But he humbles himself, comes down to behold the things that are in heaven. Now, we would all say we've got to ascend to heaven because we're down here on earth. But God has to humble himself to come down to heaven. To us, it would be a great ascension to go up to heaven. In fact, that's what we're all looking to do. We all want to go to heaven. And everybody said amen. But God is so far above the heavens that it is an act of humility and humbling himself that he's coming down even to the heavens. The place we are striving to get to, God humbles himself to get to. Amen. The Bible says the heaven is the heaven is the, the Lord's throne is the heavens and the earth is his footstool. That's just letting you know how high above he is from all of those other things. So he humbles himself to, to, to the thing to behold the things that are in heaven and in the earth. Notice this next part. He raiseth up the poor out of the dust, and he lifteth the needy out of the dunghill, that he may set him with princes, even the princes of his people. He maketh the barren woman to keep house, and the joyful to be joyful mother of children. Praise ye the Lord. And if you have your Bibles, we're going to go to the book of Luke chapter 13. Verse number 11, Luke chapter 13. Verse number 11. So God is high above all, and yet he is willing to stoop down to the lowest level of earth. But he doesn't stop there. He lifteth up, and he raises up. Luke chapter 13, verse 11. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. She could not lift herself up no matter how hard she tried. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. That infirmity can mean frailty of body, frailty of mind, frailty of spirit. Amen. It, it, it can be uh, both a spiritual thing and a physical thing. That word encapsulates a lot of humanity. Amen. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight. Amen. And glorified God. In other words, the woman that could not lift herself up when Jesus touched her, he was able to lift her up. And I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject. Redemptive lift. Redemptive lift. Would you set down your Bibles and let's pray all across this building. Amen. Let's pray for a lifting to happen in this building. Amen. Would you lift up your voice? Would you lift up your hands? Would you magnify the Lord? I'm believing God is going to do some lifting in this building. Hallelujah. God's going to do for us what we might not have been able to do for ourselves. Would you lift up your voice and would you magnify the Lord all across this building? Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, we give you the glory. We give you the honor. We give you all of the praise. In Jesus' name, let's give the Lord a great big hand clap of praise and a shout of victory. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. In Jesus' name, redemptive lift. The Pew Forum on Religion and Social Life conducted a survey that found that 92% of Americans believe in God or some universal spirit, they may not call it God, but they believe in something higher, a higher being. They found that only 2% of 
of their research group consider themselves to be atheists. This study is consistent with what is found worldwide. There was a philosopher that observed religious believers are still the overwhelming majority of the world's population, while the non-religious is still in the minority. Most, if not all, religious structures are built on the very premise of how to ascend to the divine. Each religion teaches different things about who God is and how him, humans reach the divine. Amen. Buddhism does not believe in a divine God, but they believe in a divine place called nirvana. Islam teaches about an impersonal deity. In their Quran, they state that God reveals, him, reveals his will, but he will not reveal his person. He is an impersonal deity. Hinduism, amen, has a multiplicity of gods, each with their own unique and fickle approaches that man must take to try and appease them. You find this throughout history and throughout paganism, that there was always something somebody had to do for the different deities to try to make the deity love them or to take care of them. Amen. If they were in a drought, they had to sacrifice sometimes even their children to get the deity of rain to fall. And there's all sorts of crazy and insane beliefs in this world. These religions not only teach different things about God, but also how we are to reach this thing called God or deity in general. Buddhism suggests that there is an eightfold noble path. Islam suggests that there are five pillars. Amen. And I, I'm not preaching about all these things, but I am telling you that they've all got these tenets of belief on how you are to reach the divine. Judaism teaches a strict devotion to the Old Testament law, all 600 of them. Amen. Ever since the fall of man in the garden, mankind has attempted to regain and to attain unity and union with God. We have tried our best to regain our access to God's divinity. Amen. This is completely understandable. In fact, it is expected of us because we were created in the image and the likeness of God. Just as it is natural for us to be hungry and we end up eating. Amen. Just as it is natural for us to thirst and then we end up drinking. It is also natural for us to seek after something that is greater than us. It is in our very nature, amen, to adore the divine creator. It is in our nature to look for the divine. And so it is in our nature to worship God. Hallelujah. You are here today, amen, partly because uh, you wanted to be. But I want to tell you, you are in this building today because there is something driving you. Uh, it is in your very nature. As much as you get hungry and eat, uh, as much as you get thirsty and drink, uh, as much as you get tired and sleep, uh, there is something inside you that said, there's something greater than me, uh, and I must go worship that greatness. Oh, we ought to give him some praise here today. Hallelujah. You ought as well just let it out of your nature and say, I've come to worship the one true living God. I didn't come to worship like the pagans. I didn't come to worship like the religious. But I've come to worship the one true living God. As David wrote, praise ye the Lord. We ought to be praisers and worshipers because it's in our very nature. Worship, however, is not forced upon us. Amen. It is written in our spiritual DNA. Amen. I, I want to tell you, uh, blonde hair, blue eyes was not forced upon me. Amen. It, it, it was in my DNA. Amen. It was something that was already there. It was already, it just comes out, amen, as part of who I am. Amen. Worship is not forced upon us. We all have a tendency to believe and to reach for the divine. These acts of worship, however, amen, are our best human effort and human attempt to ascend and to reach up to the divine because there's something in us that knows there is a God that is greater than us. Amen. And we must do our best 
us to reach up to it. Amen. It is in our nature to reach up to it. What all of these different religions hold in common is the idea that man can either reach up through moral or spiritual levels of ascension, that they, through their own effort and action, can go up a level to get to where God is, that through the will or devotion, man can be good enough to get to God, that man, amen, can be good enough to ascend to where God is. Amen. We've got it in our nature to get to where God is, to seek after God. Amen. But there are religions that will tell you that if you try hard enough, you can get there. That if you work hard enough, you can get there. That if you pray long enough, you can get there. That if you give enough money, you can get there. Amen. This is religion's main driving force. They take what's in your nature and they pervert it. They take the worship that God put in your DNA and they pervert it. Amen. Telling you that through your own action and through your own effort, you're going to be able to ascend to where God is. Amen. This is an appealing proposition to some, but I want to tell you this is, this, this is if we're not careful, this will lead us into the deception of the enemy. I want you to notice Isaiah 14 and 14. Lucifer himself proclaimed, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. What is Lucifer's main message? I will ascend. I will get up to where God is. I will be able to be like the Most High. Even the very temptation that we find in the garden. Uh, amen. The serpent tempts Eve. Uh, amen. With the fruit uh, so that she might and Adam might ascend uh, to the same understanding that God has. Uh, he, he said it this way, that you could be like God through your actions. Uh, but I want to tell you, they were already like God. God. Amen. There was no action necessary on their part. They were already like God, but the but Lucifer deceived them into thinking that through their action and through their effort they could ascend a little higher. They could go up a little greater and they could get to where God is and even sit on God's throne. This happened on the plains of Shinar in Genesis 11 where humanity built a tower so that they might ascend unto the heavens. Amen. I want to just tell you here today that it is not it is in our nature to seek for the divine. And it is in our nature to seek after God. And it is our nature to reach for God. Uh, amen. But don't let the devil convince you uh, that through your own action and through your own effort, uh, amen, that you are going to be able to get to where God is. Uh, I'm going to preach about this for a little while. Uh, and I'm going to help us understand what I mean. Uh, amen. I want to tell you that, that, that religion will teach you if you try a little harder, if you work a little more, uh, that God will love you. I want to tell you that is that is a false theology. God already loves you. That says you need to come up, uh, amen, to where God is. Uh, I want to tell you, the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It is impossible for you to get up to where God is on your own power. Uh, you can't build enough, a tall enough tower. You can't get enough degrees. You can't make enough money. You can't be religious enough to get to where God is. Uh, it's not in your own strength uh, and in your own power. You can't get to where he is on your own strength uh, and on your own own power you're going to need the help of God if you're ever going to ascend to where he is this is the whole point of Hebrews chapter 10 I'm just laying a foundation here today the whole point of Hebrews chapter 10 is what he said. It is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sin. What is he saying? The very best effort of man through human effort, uh, amen, was not, it was not able to take away the sins uh, of mankind, uh, amen. And he makes the point uh, that it was by the precious blood of Jesus, uh, amen, where we did not have access, where we did not have entrance, uh, where we could not ascend. Uh, all of a sudden now, uh, by the blood of Jesus, uh, we who were too far down, that were too low, that could not get up to where he is. Amen. Through the blood of Jesus, Ephesians tells us, those of us that were afar off, those of us that have fallen too short, those of us that have fallen too low, that could never get to where God is. Amen. The Bible says we are made close. We are drawn close to God by the precious blood of Christ. Somebody ought to give him praise here today. 
human effort is never going to be enough to get you to, to help you ascend to God. Well, if I'm just a little more religious, it won't help you to get closer to where God is. Now, I want you to understand what I'm not saying. I'm not saying you need to be a heathen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But I am trying to, to put the cart and the horse in the right order. Amen. Religion will say you need to put the cart before the horse. Amen. But I want to tell you, if you just put Jesus first, amen, and I want to tell you, if you just put the fact that his, his blood is sufficient, that his grace is sufficient, I want to tell you all these other things to become, uh, amen, something that follows after that. Human effort will never be sufficient to ascend to God because even in our text it tells us that he is above the heavens. Hallelujah. David would say in Psalm chapter 24, who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord? And he says, he that has clean hands and a pure heart and has not lifted up his soul to vanity. There is not one person on earth, amen, that has attained to that. The only one that ever did was Jesus. Hallelujah. Which means you and I could never ascend to the holy hill of the Lord on our own strength and on our own power. But where we were weak, where we could not do it, I want to tell you, Jesus was able to do it. Where we couldn't get up. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I want to take us to our text. I'm reminded of the woman in Luke chapter 13 and verse number 11. I want to tell you that this is the condition of man ever since the fall. She had a spirit of infirmity. There was a frailty. There was a weakness. She, by her own strength and her own power, the Bible says she was bowed over. She was not able, no matter how hard she tried on her own effort, to lift herself up. And religion, she came to church week in and week out. And religion told her, you just need to try a little harder. You need to stretch a little more. But no matter how much she tried and how hard she stretched, the Bible says she could in no wise lift herself up. Hallelujah. Amen. When you realize how high God is, how far above the heavens God is, amen, and how low sin has taken us, we recognize no matter how hard I try, I cannot lift myself up. Amen. And there's nothing wrong with recognizing I cannot do this by my own strength. I cannot do this by my own power. When you get the revelation, I cannot lift myself up. You are one step closer to a redemption lift when you finally recognize I cannot do it you are one step closer to deliverance you are one step closer to a blessing you are one step closer to a miracle when you realize it is impossible for man you are one step closer to understanding and believing that with God nothing shall be impossible when you realize there's impossibility with man, you are one step closer to realizing God doesn't even know the word impossibility. And where I cannot lift myself up, he lifts me up. Somebody ought to clap your hands and give God a shout of praise. Notice how in Psalms David didn't stop with talking about how God is above the heavens. You know, that's what religion will tell you, the impersonal God. They'll tell you he is so far away from you, and he, he, the agnostic will tell you that there might be a God, but he doesn't care about you. Hallelujah. There might be a God, but he's not interested in you. Amen. There might be a God that set the world in motion, but he's not. He's, he's so far away, and he's so far off. And there's other religions that will teach just simply based on how bad you are. Uh, amen. That, that, that you're just toast, and there's no hope for you. I want to tell you the reason it's called the gospel, which means good news, is because, yes, there is some bad news. The bad news is we've all sinned. The bad news is we're all too low. The bad news is we can't lift ourselves up. But the gospel message is where we could not lift ourselves up, Jesus lift us up. Where we could not save ourselves, Jesus saves us. Where we did not have strength, he has strength. Where we did not have hope, he brings us hope. Where we did not have the ability to lift ourselves up, there was a redemptive lift through Jesus Christ that came. I want to tell you, that's the gospel. That's the good news. Where you're not able, God is able. Where you can't, God can. Where it's impossible for you, it is possible for God. Amen. He didn't stop there. David continued to write. He said, God is also willing to humble himself. 
to behold the heavens and the earth. In other words, David was looking prophetically as he did in many other scriptures. Uh, amen. Where he prophesied and said, uh, amen, that he was made a little lower than the angels. Talking uh, without even knowing, prophesying about Jesus coming, uh, amen, to the earth. Uh, amen. And making himself of no reputation. Uh, and making himself lower than the angels. Uh, the God that created the angels and created the heavens. Uh, David looked prophetically and he said, uh, there's coming a day where God uh, is going to step down off of his throne. And he's going to come down to where you and I are. God is going to step off of, of his throne. And he's going to come where we need him the most. Amen. Where we could not save ourselves. Isaiah said it this way. Amen. The Lord has become our salvation. Where we could not save ourselves, Jesus saves us. If you're thankful for that, you ought to give him some praise. David said God will humble himself. He'll come down to where we are. This is what makes what God did and continues to do so powerful and profound. Amen. While humanity attempts their best effort to ascend, because we're still trying to do it. Amen. We've never stopped. We didn't stop at Babel. We didn't stop in Genesis. Amen. We have not stopped one time. Amen. We're always trying to get up to where God is, and we fall over and over and over again. We fail over and over and over again where we could not ascend. The Bible tells us something beautiful, that God descended to where humanity is. I want to tell you, this is the biggest difference between Christianity and all other religions, all other religions. Religions will tell you, you've got to ascend to God. You've got to reach nirvana. You've got to attain, amen, through submission to Allah. You've got to somehow become and do all this penance to try to earn heaven and to earn your place in heaven. Amen. But I want to tell you what makes Christianity different is, is all the other religions will say, you need to ascend to God. But Christianity teaches God descended to man. I'm not just a Christian uh, because I like our music. I'm a Christian because uh, when I think about God uh, and how I could never reach him, uh, I am reminded through his word uh, that when I couldn't reach God, uh, God reached me. Brothers and sisters, we aren't just apostolic because we like to worship and shout. We are apostolic because God took on the form of man and dwelt among us. When we couldn't ascend, uh, he descended. Uh, when we couldn't get up to him, uh, he came down to us. Uh, when we couldn't lift ourselves up, uh, God came to where we were, uh, and he brought redemptive uh, lift. Somebody ought to shout and give God a great praise. Come on, let's give him praise. A praise that says he humbled himself uh, and took upon the form of a servant. That's what the Bible teaches, that God, as Timothy says, not a part of God. I want to clarify this for somebody. Let me just tell you what the Bible actually says. There are some people in other religions that will tell you God sent somebody else to do his dirty work. That is a misinterpretation of Scripture. We read, we read like John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And we immediately think like a little kid. Amen. But in the, even in the Hebrews religion, when the Bible says Jesus said, amen, that he claiming to be the son of God makes himself God. The Jews understood the definition of son of God, that what he was saying, amen. In fact, Luke put it best. He said, and he's, he breaks down the genealogy. He gets all the way down to Adam. He says, which was the son of God. In other words, what Luke was saying uh, is it's not blasphemy for Jesus to be called the son of God, for Adam was the son of God, uh, but he was taking it even deeper. Uh, amen. Jesus was not, amen, a third part of God. It's nowhere in your Bible. The first revelation in Genesis 1 and 1 is in the beginning God, not God's. 
I'm going to teach this for a minute. Amen. Because what it will have you think is that there's one part of God that's mean and brutal and hates you. And he's far above the heavens. And you'll never get to him. And best of luck, you're a, you're a slug of a sinner. And there's this other one that's, 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 that looks like a hippie in paintings. And he's super cool. And he's going to come and die for you. I want to tell you that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches. And it puts it best in 1 Timothy 3.16. And without controversy. Great is the mystery of godliness for God. Not a piece of God. Not a part of God. Not God sending somebody else to do his dirty work. But God was manifested in the flesh. I want to tell you, God came down to where we were, uh, and he brought some redemptive lift. Uh, He said, uh, they can't get to where I am, uh, so I uh, will come down to where they are. Oh, somebody ought to give him praise. And I'll probably preach on this in a little while, teach on this in a little while, but Jesus is not a person in the Trinity. Then notice the phraseology. He is a person in the Godhead. But the Bible says all the fullness of the Godhead dwelt in him bodily. See, the biggest difference between, and I'm just going to talk about this, the Trinity is not in the Bible. Amen. Because that still holds to the religious idea that you will never get to where God is. Hallelujah. Amen. The Trinity is not in the Bible. Amen. Because the, the Trinity preaches and teaches and believes. Uh, amen. That, that, the God, that Jesus is in the Godhead. But the Bible talks about in Colossians that the Godhead was in him. All the, the Bible actually says this, all the fullness of the Godhead dwelt in him bodily. Sean 10, 30, he said, I and my Father are one. Luke said, uh, uh, Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and it'll be sufficient for us. And he said, Philip, have you been with me so long, and you've not recognized it? See, Philip was thinking, no, we still want to get to be able to ascend to where the Father is. We want to be able to get up to where he is. Can you show us the path? Can you show us the way? And Jesus looked at him and said, Philip, have you not been with me long? enough. He that's seen me has seen the Father. The Father's not chilling on his throne. The Father took upon flesh. He robed himself in flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. Colossians says Jesus is the express image of his person. If you want to know about God, look at Jesus. It's perfect theology. It's God becoming a man. You couldn't ascend to him, so he descended to you. I love what Athanasius said. When man could not be like God, God became like men so that mankind could be like God. Amen. I want to tell you, God's not sitting up on his throne in heaven saying, hopefully they'll get it one day. They better hurry up and fight and try harder. Amen. And get there. No, he didn't sit up on his throne in heaven and say, all right, one day they'll get there. No, he left his throne in heaven. This is why the incarnation would be so foolish to so many people. It's more than just a Christmas story. This is God taking upon flesh. He's saying, you could not ascend past the heavens. He said, and I'm so high above the heavens, I have to humble myself to get to heaven. He said, so what I'm going to do is even further. I'm going to humble myself down to the earth. Amen. I'm going to take upon me the form of man. Amen. I'm going to become like you because you can't be like me. But after I become like you, you're going to be able to be like me. After I get down to where you are, where you couldn't lift yourself up. Amen. He said, I'm going to help lift you up. Where you could not get beyond where you are, I'm going to get to where you are and take you out. Amen. Can I preach to somebody? God doesn't just come down to where you are. Amen. Psalms didn't just say he came down to earth uh, and he humbled himself to the earth. uh, But Psalms David wrote prophetically. uh, Amen. And he said, God uh, is not just going to come to where you are and sit with us in our affliction, uh, but he will lift us up uh, out of where we are. I want to tell you, God didn't just come down to earth uh, just just to wallow in pity with us, uh, but he came down in the form of man uh, to redeem us uh, and to lift us up out of our condition. Uh, He came to lift us us up out of our sin. He came to lift us up out of our shame. He came to lift you up out of your guilt. He came to lift you. 
Somebody ought to clap your hands and give God some praise. Let's lift up our hands and let's pray. Hallelujah. Let's lift up our hands and let's pray all across this house. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, he came down to where you are, not to leave you where you are, but he came to bring redemptive lift into your life. He came to redeem us that were under the law and under sin. Amen. He came to redeem us out of that and to lift us out of that. He came, amen, to take those that are poor and lift them out of their poverty. Can I preach to somebody? He lifts the needy out of the dunghill. David said, I was in a miry clay, but God lifted me out. Out of the miry clay, David said, and put it this way, amen, he is the lifter of my head. When I could not lift myself up, I want to tell you there's a God in heaven that knows how to lift you up. There's a God that knows. Oh, somebody ought to give him praise. Somebody ought to give him praise. Somebody ought to give him praise. He will not leave you where he found you. Uh, he'll come down to where you are with the express intention uh, to lift you up out of where you are. Oh, somebody ought to lift up your hands and magnify the Lord. Come on, let's pray. In fact, let's stand across the building. I, I got a lot more I could preach, but I feel the Holy Ghost moving in this place. Let's lift up our hands and let's magnify the Lord. Hallelujah, let's pray. Come on, when you couldn't get to where he was, amen, when you couldn't lift yourself up no matter how hard you tried, Jesus came, will come down to where you are. It wasn't just a one-time event. He's here. Even now, God will come down to where you are, and God will fill you with his spirit. In Ephesians chapter 4, Paul puts it best. He said, there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father who's above all, through all, and in you all. Religion has no problem believing there's a God above us. And some sects of religion won't have any problem with saying he was Emmanuel, God with us. But they got a big problem when you say he's Christ in you, the hope of glory. I want to tell you, even today, this is not a religion that says, yeah, 2,000 years ago, he came in the form of man and died for you, and, and that's when he came down. No, Acts chapter 2, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one place with one accord, and suddenly there came a sound from where? From heaven. And what did it do? It filled. What happened? It descended, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared to them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. They could not get up to heaven. They could not get up. Amen. They could not rise up high enough to get the Holy Ghost. In fact, the Bible just expresses the point. They were sitting down, and the Holy Ghost said, I'm going to come down to where you are. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. God is still in the business of coming down and descending. Ephesians, Paul wrote about it later on in the chapter. He wrote about, uh, amen, that God is not just the one that ascended. Jesus, amen, he ascended up from the mountain, uh, amen, and he said, wait for the promise of the Father. He said, but he's also the one that descended. Uh, I want to preach to you, there's a God uh, that is not just about ascension for himself, uh, but he will descend to where you are uh, so that you he said this, I'm going so I might prepare a place for you that where I am, there you might be also. I want to tell you, God's not just chilling up in heaven, uh, amen, just, just hanging out. No, he's saying, I'm preparing a place because I want you to ascend with me. I want you to come. One day, in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we shall ever be present with the Lord. Can I preach to somebody? He's still descending in the spirit and filling mortal man and filling sinful people with the Holy Ghost. We couldn't earn it. We couldn't deserve it. There's no way we could get to him. And he still comes to us. And he fills us with his spirit. I want to slip up our hands and let's pray. And this redemptive lift, it'll affect every area of your life. 
this redemptive lift, come on, it'll take those that are in a mess and it'll pull them out of the mess. This redemptive lift, when God fills you with the Holy Ghost, the Bible says he'll convict you of sin, uh, telling you what not to do, of righteousness, telling you what you need to do, and of judgment, how to know what's the difference between which. God doesn't just want to sit, amen, and walk alongside you, but he wants to be on the inside. Ooh. God is still the God that descends, and he fills mortal men. If you have never received the Holy Ghost, which is Jesus Christ living on the inside of you. Pastor, how do I know I got the Holy Ghost? Acts 2, Acts 8, Acts 10, Acts 19. Every time somebody got the Holy Ghost in the Bible, the Bible says they begin to speak in other tongues. They spoke in a language they did not know. It was not them making it up. It was as the Spirit moved on them. Jesus said it's like rivers of living water that flow out of you. But here's the best part about it when you get the Holy Ghost. Speaking in tongues is just the sign, but it's not the end. God does that. He descends on us and fills us so he can lift us up. And just like that widow woman who couldn't lift herself up, as much as she tried, all it took is one interaction with Jesus. And the Bible says he lifted her up. I want to tell you, there's some people in this building today, you are struggling with things that, that I want to tell you the Holy Ghost will fix it. I can't do it. I can't get free of this drugs. I can't get free of the alcohol. I can't get free of internet pornography. I, I can't get free of, of these addictions. I can't get free of these relationships. You're right. You're right. You can't. And neither can I. But when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, what you can't do, I want to tell you there's a redemptive lift where God will give you strength you didn't have. Where God... I can't get free of this depression. You're right. You can. But my Bible tells me that when you get the Holy Ghost, it's righteousness, peace, and joy. My Bible tells me that, that in his presence, there is fullness of joy. What does that look like? That looks like him lifted up my hand. That looks like God lifted up my spirit. That looks like God lifted me out of the mess. That looks like God lifted me out of the mire. That looks like God lifting me up out of all my addictions and lifted me up out of all. This is why we need the Holy Ghost Church. We can't, we don't want Jesus to just be this great idea. I want to tell you, Christianity is not complete until you receive the Holy Ghost. That's why Jesus said, except a man is born of the water and spirit, he cannot enter or see the kingdom of God. Your experience is not complete until you have received the Holy Ghost. I'll tell you why. Because if you have not received the Holy Ghost, you will not experience true redemptive lift. When you get filled with the Holy Ghost, all of a sudden you're saying, the Bible says it best. When it says, do you not know we are the temple of the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of God that dwells inside of you? Religion says you gotta go to the, you got to go to the temple to get God. you got to ascend to get God. And I thank God we're all at church here today. I'm not, I'm not preaching against that. The Bible says we shouldn't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. But I want to tell you, when you get this Holy Ghost, you become the church. When you get this Holy Ghost, you become the temple of God. When you get this Holy Ghost, you can be driving down the road and begin to have a worship service of your own. When you get this Holy Ghost, the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead will quicken your mortal bodies. When you get this Holy Ghost, it doesn't matter how low you get, how low you've been. When you get this Holy Ghost, there is a lift that happens. There is a redemption that happens that'll pull you up he won't just be God above you he won't just be God next to you I know God's with me but brother do you know if God's in you yet because I want to tell you it's a whole lot different having Jesus on the side and having Jesus fill you inside it's a whole lot different when you can say I'm not just walking with God but he's walking in me I want us to come down to the altar. 
Would you come down to the front and lift up your hands right now? Everybody, I want everybody to come. We're going to pray right now. You might be saying, well, preacher, you don't know how low I've been. You don't know how low I am. I want to tell you, I get it. I may never know how low you've gone, but I want to tell you there's a God that still descends to where you and I are. We still serve a God that will humble himself and come down to where humanity is. We still serve a God that will take us where we are in our sin, in our shame. But here's the best part. He will not leave you there. He will lift you up. He will lift you up. Somebody pray. Come on, that's it. That's it. Let him lift you up. Let him lift you up. Let him lift you up out of addictions. Let him lift you up out of depression. Let him lift you up out of your sins. Let him lift you up out of your shame. Let him lift you up out of your bad habits. When you get the Holy Ghost, he won't leave you where he finds you. He'll lift you up. Come on, that's it. Somebody pray right now. If you've never received the Holy Ghost, you can receive it today. You can say, God, I'm tired of living down in the mud. I'm tired of living in the pig's pen. I want, I want, to, I want to go up to where you are. I want to be lifted up to where you are. And I know I can't ascend on my own. I know I can't get there on my own. So, God, would you descend on me? Would you fill me with the Holy Ghost? So where I could not be lifted up, where I could not lift myself up, you lift me up. Somebody pray. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood of Thank you, Jesus, it has washed me white. Thank you, Jesus, you have saved my life. Brought me from the darkness into glory. Yeah. Hey. 